For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to CHN Radio, part four of our series, NUFC Moments. I am your host, Greg Troxell, and with me, as expected and as usual, the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsome. Yes, back at it again. We out here in these streets, gang, gang, gang. Follow me on them Twitters, at Elijah underscore Newsome. If you don't, you're lame. Today, for the fourth time, we are talking about NUFC Moments, and this NUFC Moment is Newcastle United's 5-0 win against Manchester United. Glorious. Glorious time. Uh, it was, just to set it up for you, um, They it was a nice, wonderful October day in 1996. Um, it was time where they just got slashed by Manchester United in the... Uh, Community Shield, and they wanted to prove that they were good enough. They wanted to prove that uh, they were to be considered one of the best teams in the country, and they did that. They uh, they led two nothing at halftime with goals from Darren Peacock and David Ginola, and then in the second half they poured it on even more with goals from Les Ferdinand, Alan Shearer, and Philippe Albert. Elijah, talk about some goals on this one. Um, well, I think I mentioned this to Greg um, off air. Is that how you say that? I guess sure. if you're not on air, you're off air. I don't know. Um, it was it was interesting. The first goal was off a corner, and um, oh, wait, who scored it? Let me. The first goal was Darren Peacock. Yes. All right. Well, it was it was scored off a corner, and um, there was a lot of dispute. Like it literally, um, and it was scored off the corner, and it was like. It barely crosses the the goal line, and like you know, Manchester United actually was playing as if they they had made a clearance and was on the counter. But what was interesting to me is that in the highlights they show uh, there was like a level of goal line technology that existed, which was hilarious because this was not a time in which I would imagine goal line technology existed. And it, but it was like fake goal tech goal line technology. It was like only on the broadcast. That was interesting. But I think. Honestly, everyone talks about the Albert chip. The best goal in this is the Genoa goal. Do you want to talk about that so, one? I mean, it's just a long-range banger. Yeah. I mean, nothing but banger. It's literally, I, 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 there's nothing else I can really say. Like, just literally takes a touch, controls it a little, b- top bends. Like, <laughs> I have no idea how else to, to explain that. It's just a straight-up banger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was such an important win, as I mentioned earlier. So let, let's first 
Uh, let's take it over to the athletics, Chris Woff, and mm. talk about his thoughts and what it meant for Newcastle getting this win. Uh, so take it away, Chris. If there's one game that you ask any Newcastle fan who was brought up supporting the team in the in the 90s and 2000s that, that they look back on as sort of the absolute epitome of that of that era when everything really came together it, w- it would be that 5-0 I mean the season before Newcastle just narrowly missed out on the title haven't had the 12 point lead famously obviously Keegan's entertainers and I was actually speaking to Warren Barton about this recently because we did uh, a piece on Philip Albert's iconic goal which obviously encapsulates the match encapsulates that era and Barton said that going into that game Newcastle had obviously missed out on the title the year before. They'd been hammered in the Community Shield by Manchester United that August. And so he said that they were going in with revenge. He said everything was different. Keegan was different. Uh, the team was different. The atmosphere felt different. It just felt professional. It felt like they were going to go out and do something. But it was just a, a day where the performance just came together. And and you had Beardsley was, was brilliant. Obviously, Ginola scored his goal and, and just absolutely tore Gary Neville to shreds up front. You, you had Shearer and Ferdinand leading the line. Um, the midfield just dominated. The defence didn't really have anything to do all game. And just goal after goal after goal. And then that moment at the end when Philippe Balbert gets the ball on the right, he, he, he cuts inside. You see that cheeky look up and also the, almost this smirk on his face, which Barton said that he used to have in training as well. Whenever he had Shaka Hislop or Pav Cernicek in front of him, they used to get so annoyed because he would smile when he was shooting before the ball even hit the next. He knew what he was doing. He spots Schmeichel off his lane. And to have the audacity to do it, to, to think about doing it, never mind even carry it off with that chip, was just absolutely sublime and was just a moment of this is a centre-back and Newcastle centre-back long before the era where you'd have a ball-playing centre-back to go forward and chip the best keeper in the world, arguably, and to, to round off that 5-0. That was the day where, yes, Newcastle missed out on the tail. Yes, they lost the Community Shield. Yes, they weren't going to go on and win anything. But they hammered that Manchester United side 5-0. For those few moments, they, they were on the top of the world. And it's a night that no Newcastle fan will ever forget. And it's probably, probably the best match in the, the club's modern history, just in terms of significance and, and just in terms of how people still feel and venerate over it all this time later. All right. Thank you. Uh, Elijah, do you think that Newcastle can beat Manchester United 5 nothing right now? Right now. Like, like coronavirus, <laughs> anything can happen. You don't, Maybe the Manchester United players aren't fit, um, but no, <laughs> is the short answer. Yeah, and this was, I mean, this was a really good Manchester United. So uh, some of the names, I mean... The players for Man United, Peter Schmeichel, um, Gary Neville, Dennis Irwin, Ronnie Johnson, uh, David Beckham, may have heard of him. Nicky Butt. Nope. Gotta love it. <laughs> Gotta love that. Eric Cantona. Ole Gunnar Solskar. Ole Guns. Ole Gunnar. Yeah, like, I mean, they, they had some... some some players. Uh, this was a good team, they but some we also had our very own Warren Barton, which we'll get to in a minute. Oh, we had Allen, we had Peter, we had Les. What a time! I mean, I, I just wish we could go back, Genola. I don't think I was alive for this goal, this game either. For no, this I was. One? Uh, 
I don't think no, I was alive. No, you were born in July of '97. Oh yeah, this no, was, I wasn't because this, this is, was yeah. before you. Yeah. Um, well, so I was alive for two of these moments. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about a man who played in the match. Uh, came on yeah. as a sub. Let's uh, get Warren Barton's take on this. Yeah, this is another uh, conversation that's come up recently as well with you know the, the entertainers and reminiscing back in the UK with Sky and the games that have been going on. I mean, this was a, a, a bit of a revenge. Well, it was revenge. We knew as a group of players, we'd obviously lost the league and the big turning point is when United beat us at home with a Cantona 1-0 goal. That's when it all, the momentum swift uh, changed quite swiftly. Uh, and then we'd been on that trip with Alan uh, in the Far East and Alan had signed and we played the, the Community Shield, the Charity Shield game and we got hammered 4-0. Uh, by Man United with Beckham scoring. Uh, it could have been many, many more. We'd, we'd been on a long trip, um, you know, had testimonial games. We actually had a game uh, against Lincoln on a Friday night before the uh, Charity Shield on the Sunday for, for Huckabee, Darren Huckabee because he'd left there. So we, there was another game that was arranged. Anyway, we got into it with a bit of revenge because we felt that we'd not shown our true colours in both of them games. So there was a real... Normally with, with Kevin before games, it was really like relaxed, low key, having fun, head tennis, joking aside. You know, it was a, but it wasn't. It was real business. It was real. No one was really laughing and joking. Ginola was in the zone. Uh, Alan and Les was doing their normal thing, just purely focused on what they wanted to do. And even like the likes of myself or Beresford or Rob Lee, where we'd have a joke. It wasn't. It was bad. We had a bit of personal pride that we wanted to show, you know, them that we was that we was a decent team and had good players because we felt like we let ourselves down. And um, particularly David, I've never known Gary Neville to be given such a, a torrid time by David. He'd done it to Lee Dixon the season before, and he'd, he'd done it to, to Gary as well, and actually terrorised him with his ability and his skill. And as soon as we got the first goal, then David gets his goal. Then we, we was on fire, we was unplayable, and then he had the, them two up front, Shearer and, and Les. Ferdinand was just bullying Man United. It was just, you know, a joy to watch. Um, and then obviously the iconic moment of Philippe Albert uh, chipping Schmeichel and Martin Tyler's call, whoever wasn't at the game, um, watching it back home on TV. An iconic moment in the Premier League because, you know, you've you got a centre-back running a third of the length of the field and, and then chipping one of, arguably one of the best goalkeepers ever in the world. Um, with an outrageous chip to beat them 5-0. Um, and it was a, a real um, pleasing moment for everybody. Yeah, did we win the league? You know, likes of Roy Keane, I say, well, you didn't win anything. No, right, but we we proved to them that we were a good team. Um, and I think that's what we, we can hold our heads up high a little bit and say, yeah, on our day, we're, we're, we were a good team and a decent team, and we showed a top-class team that we could, we could compete with them. All right. Thank you, Warren, as always. Uh, both Chris and Warren just can't thank them enough. Friends of the pod, repeat guests. Uh, so we really appreciate them for giving their thoughts. Um, Elijah, any any last words on this match? Um, not on this match, just in general. Uh, vote, follow Tune Polls, follow us at CHN underscore radio, follow Greg at NUFC underscore Greg. Um, I mean, this has been fun. It's been cool to see everyone's uh, comments and their their own takes on underneath the polls and it's we've been I think we've been pleasantly surprised 
um, with with the results. Uh, shout out to Graham, who you guys all know. He helped us out with this list, and he just had a baby. So shout out to him for. Well, he didn't have the baby, Greg. His wife had the baby, but Graham was there. So shout out to Graham. But yeah, I mean, I think this was this was a lot of fun, and I'm excited to see who wins, and I'm excited to do that podcast talking about the winner. Um, I don't know. That's all I got. Greg. Yeah, yeah. No, really looking forward to it. Make sure to follow at Tune Polls and at CHN underscore Radio and uh, to pick a winner. And then what we'll do is we'll have, as Elijah mentioned, a podcast talking about the winner. We'll bring on fans. We'll bring on journalists. Try to get players. Um, and just really kind of deep dive into that match. Um, really looking forward to it. And then um, after, once we pick the winner, we'll, I guess, talk about uh, what this podcast will look like in during this COVID-19 pandemic that we're in. But we'll just we'll we'll figure it out on the pod. On a regular schedule and just <laughs> go from there. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our NUFC Moments segment but uh we're excited to see who you guys pick as the winner have a good one everyone yeah mm-hmm. love you guys it's cold up there in summer it's like sitting inside a fridge but i wish i was on the case side looking at the old time bridge i'm coming home newcastle i might as well have been in jail i'd walk the streets all day i'll meet for a bottle of on brown hill i'm coming home Castle. If you never win the club again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity. And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark in St. James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting her way. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home.
Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll pray the dog is in jail.